So, what an honor. What a privilege. It is so precious just being here this morning. I'm going to start with a video clip. Please excuse me, but sometimes we need to just have a sense of humor. So, if you just want to watch this clip and just see if you can guess what I'm going to talk about this morning. in May anyway. Because the earlier we get it done, the bigger discount we get at the printer. Now let's eat. Any guesses? You're right. So we were sat having breakfast. I've got two grandchildren who live with me. And it wasn't quite that, but I was sat there listening, and it was not peaceful. The children are three and five, and as you can imagine, they want, they're demanding everything at breakfast can't wait. You've just got to get on and do it. And that's where I thought, actually, is there peace and is there patience at the moment? And I thought, it's difficult to find. So that's why I just wanted to introduce, with a bit of humor, because I am going to be talking on two more of the fruits of the Spirit, peace and patience. And I've called this talk today, Peace, Patience, Practice. So the three Ps. There's a natural link between peace and patience. Peace is what we have within us and flows out from us as we rest in the hands of our Heavenly Father. I find I'm most at peace 
when I'm trusting and have faith in God. Patience is often outworked externally. It's something we show in how we react, how we engage with people and circumstances. I'm just going to read Colossians 3, 12, 15, which just reminds us about the fruits. It's from the Amplified Version. So as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one of us has a cause of complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Beyond all these things, put on and wrap yourself in unselfish love which is perfect bond of unity, for everything is bound together in agreement when each one seeks the best for others. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factors in your heart, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you are called as members in one body of believers, and be thankful to God always. And I want to start with, what is peace, and what does scripture say about peace? And I've broken it down into three types of peace. Peace with God, peace with others, peace given to us by God. And I'm just going to explain those a little bit more. So firstly, peace with God, it's a spiritual peace. It affects everything in our lives day to day. And in Romans 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, by faith... Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Psalm 4, verse 8, it says, In peace and with a tranquil heart, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. O Lord, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. So that's the peace with God. Secondly, the peace with others. If we can forgive, it enables us to have the tranquility and calmness of mind or spiritual well-being based on forgiveness. In Ephesians 4:32, it says, "Be kind, and helpful to one another. 
tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgive one another readily and freely. Have you had a time when you thought someone was a friend, but then you hear that they've joined in gossip and spoken negatively about you? Did you find it easy to forgive them? Or did you just ignore that friend from then on? In Colossians 3, 13, it says, Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. And then thirdly, peace given to us by God. This is the peace that we have within us. In 2 Thessalonians 3:16, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. In Galatians 1, verse 3, it says, Grace to you and peace. Inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. I like to think of peace as that unshakable inner calm. It's a rare quality in turbulent times. God's peace beyond human understanding. When we feel everything is falling apart in our everyday situation, and it seems like cannonballs are being thrown at us from every direction, do we stay focused on God and not doubt him? Do we trust him and have faith in him? If we do, we're likely to have that unshakable inner calm. If we don't and we allow the cannonballs to just knock us over because we focus on the problem, we're likely to crumble. So we've looked at what peace is. How do we live in peace, though? One way I have found is allowing God into a situation and being prepared to hear what he is saying to me rather than what I want to hear from him. This means keeping my focus on God rather than what I'm asking for. 
An example in my life is I'd always wanted to have a big family, three, four, five children, all close together. Having a heart defect, I knew this would be a challenge. What I wasn't expecting was having secondary infertility. Following the birth of my first child, it took eight years until God blessed me with the arrival of my next child. During this time, it was tough. There were heartbreaking moments. Lots of my friends were having more children. And I kept wondering, why not me? Then, I was spending time with God, and I felt he said, change the way you're praying. And my prayer changed to, Lord, show me how to live without another child, if this is what you have planned for me. And I felt that was a key point because just after that, he blessed me with another child. And it was my focus on him instead of what I desperately wanted. It was what he wanted for me. Another example of living in peace is we moved down to Dorset just as the second lockdown was happening. The idea was for me to retire be near my grandchildren, as due to my late husband, Ian. Health, his health, time was precious. However, God had other plans. I soon found myself setting up another hospice at home service, which was not what my family or I expected. In the natural, that would seem crazy, but both Ian and I had peace in it and felt God was enabling this to happen. My manager and I gained funding for a year, and it's been a real success in the first year. That year was up in April. However, we're still going. We're not sure about the funding, but I've got peace that God is still with me, and it's still his plan and his purpose. And I'll continue to have peace and I'll patiently pray for funding to continue because it's not the problem that I'm looking at. It's I'm listening to God and focusing on God for it. I'm sure we've all got examples of how God's peace has been outworked in situations. So just remember, peace with God, peace with others, peace given to us, by God. Now we move on to patience. The dad in that just about held it together, didn't he? I don't know what was going through his mind, but he probably didn't have much patience in his mind, but he wasn't going to show that. So what is patience? The quiet, uncomplaining endurance under stress or annoyance. I think it said it quite well. <laughs> the will to wait. In Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, 
is love. Unselfish concern for others. Joy, inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So just going to say that again. Not the ability to wait, but how we wait and how we respond whilst waiting. Or even, do we wait? If we're waiting for something to change or become clearer, how do we present ourselves? Do we demonstrate patience? Do we open ourselves to God and say, have your way. If when we hear God, and it was not what we were hoping for, do we listen to him and patiently accept, or do we just carry on regardless? Just a simple example of patience that I learnt, because I do a lot of travelling, is how I respond to travel delays no doubt we've all experienced travel delays, disruptions. But I change my attitude in it. If I'm on a car journey and there's a car that's broken down or there's been an accident, I've changed from being frustrated and angry and impatient. And I've started praying for those involved and ask God's protection over them. I pray for their families and emergency services staff involved to give them wisdom and knowledge. Similarly, airports, do we pray for the staff who are trying to manage customers who are angry, shouting at them, or do we become one of the angry, irate customers? Do we demonstrate patience? What does scriptures say about patience? There are a lot of scriptures in Psalms that clearly speak about patience and waiting. Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know. Recognize, understand, I am God. Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. We were having some building work done, and unfortunately, the company that we chose and the builders that worked for that company were not honest. And the building work started, and it was of such a terrible standard that the planning department would not pass it. And I just thought, what do we do here? Do we carry on regardless? Do we wait? And I felt God say, actually, let it go. And the builders, the more the planning people were saying, put this in place, put that in place, the more they were rebelling. And the more I got uncomfortable. And then I heard God say, just walk away. 
And in fact, that's what the builder did. He walked away. The difficulty was the company walked away with our deposit and they walked away, the builder walked away with our deposit as well. And at the time, there was a lot going on and I thought, God, what are you saying here? And I heard him say, just be still, just be still. So I was. And then we spoke to my son-in-law and just said, this has happened. And he said, okay, I'll carry on the work. And he did. And he made an amazing job of it. And do you know what? It turned out exactly the same price that we were going to pay originally. So although I lost the deposit, I didn't lose it in the grand scheme. Now, God could have said, do different. But what he wanted me to have was the peace and the patience with him and what he was trying to show me. I had to learn to love those builders and that building company. And it took me a long time. It didn't come easily whatsoever. So how do we demonstrate patience? As I've just said, there's no quick fix. It doesn't happen overnight unless you're somebody very different. Patience might be part of our character and personality, or it might not be. When I was considering this, I thought about different challenges we may face in certain areas of our life. Health, finance, work, relationships, marriage, wars. And when we consider these areas, we'll all have situations and challenges at times. The important thing is how we respond to the challenges that matter. Do we automatically think, why, why is this happening to me? and start feeling sorry for ourselves? Or do we shift our focus on God and start asking, God, what are you trying to show me through this? My late husband, Ian, he had many health conditions and had cancer, which was a real battle. I was repeatedly being asked by non-Christians, why aren't you angry? How do you keep going? How can you not question why this has happened? And the answer I would give is, I cannot afford to question why, because I'm trusting in God. I need to make the most of the time that God has given us with each other and find joy and peace in the journey. The focus had to be on God for me and what he wanted to show us through that time that he gave us. And you know, God showed us so much about being patient and how to wait. And it was such a precious time. So do we trust God enough to look further than what the situation we find ourselves in? Ian and I trusted God totally. Even on the painful and sad days, we'd find something to praise God. Our family, our friends, 
our church, we would find peace and patience before we went to bed. We had to learn to forgive the experts who treated Ian's cancer as there were human mistakes made with the radiotherapy treatment that resulted in Ian's devastating disabilities. But God showed us how to patiently rely on him. This was a hard time, but he taught us how much it is and the cost of forgiveness. As we forgave the professionals, so God opened up new opportunities. And when we think about Jesus on the cross, the cost that God made was far higher. Are we living in faith for what we don't know yet about God's plan? Ian and I were in faith for healing, and God did heal us both in a lot of ways, particularly on the inside, through our hearts for him and each other. Physically, we saw some healing, although not complete. We were told three times by professionals early on that Ian was dying. God decided differently and blessed us with another 10 years because he had a greater plan and purpose. We couldn't see it at the time, but in faith we believed. We learned so much about living in peace and patiently waiting that we wouldn't have learned otherwise. So when we're patiently waiting, do we see barriers and obstacles as problems? Or do we see God maybe trying to guide us and direct us in the right direction? We were determined not to give up when we hit barriers. We'd seek God. When Ian was diagnosed again with another cancer, we still focused on God to give us peace and patience, to give us help in directing us. God was amazing. He put the right team of professionals, of friends, the church family around us who understood Ian and enabled us to live in faith and keep our belief in God. At the end of his life, we were at peace and had patiently found God in the journey through the pain and suffering. It was an amazing experience and such a blessing. So, in conclusion, the third P, how do we practice peace and patience? As a palliative nurse and throughout my career, I've learned a, a lot about having peace and patience, demonstrating compassion, kindness, and recognizing as a professional, you only have one chance to get it right when someone is at the end of their life for the patient and the family. So when I get dressed in my uniform in the morning, I ask God for grace and for love for those I'll be working with. 
God becomes an essential part of my uniform. It helps me to physically sense that I'm putting on God. God is within me in the situations that I'll face, and I take him into those homes I go. Out of work, it becomes a little bit harder. It's interesting when you've been asked to preach on a subject like peace and patience, what challenges come your way. And I've felt many cannonballs over the last weeks. They've come from all directions and so much that I've just stood there and said, what are you trying to show me, God? This was an interesting talk to put together because peace and patience you can't suddenly manufacture. It just doesn't happen. You have to work at it. And I've certainly been working at it. So part of my learning in preparing this has been a number of things. The first thing, recognize the trigger points which can take us away and out of a place of peace and patience. Such as, in my case, anxiety, stress, tiredness, too much going on, not taking enough time to focus on God, but focusing on the situation. Number two, remember to ask yourself, are you trusting God in whatever situation you're facing? Or are you doing it in your own strength and understanding? Number three, are you in a place of faith? Even though the outcome is unknown, the route may not be clear, but remember God has the perfect plan. Number four, do you look for God's guidance or do you just plow on regardless? And I've had to remember that when God is saying, no, just stop, it might be because he wants to protect me from going down the wrong path, that he's got a different plan to what I'm thinking. So if, God, if you hear God saying, no, just stop and wait. Number five, if internally we have peace, externally we'll have patience. We're more likely to wait on the Lord and focus on him if we're in peace. Number six, we're getting near the end. Do we live from a place of forgiveness or do we live in an attitude of blame? Does it matter if you're right or wrong? The important thing is you're able to say sorry. Number seven and the last pointer that I found helpful is remember that our love for God and others brings peace and patience. It helps us to live in unity with Christ and we, with each other. 
So if we think about a toddler who's learning to progress from crawling to walking, they explore. They fall over. They bounce back up. It doesn't happen straight away. It takes time. And we start as toddlers exploring God's ways. But he helps us to develop. The challenges increase our maturity, our character, our wisdom, if we're prepared to be guided by God. If we learn to walk safely with God, it gives us peace and patience. Could the worship group just come up? Thank you. So, as I end, just think about peace is what is within us and flows out from us as we rest in the hands of our Heavenly Father. We need to find peace with God, peace with others, forgiving them, peace given to us by God. Patience is the outworking externally of peace. We show patience in how we react, how we engage with people, situations, circumstances. I'm aware I fall short of peace and patience on many occasions, hopefully not intentionally, but because I'm like you, human, I need to keep persevering except I get it wrong at times, but seek forgiveness with God and with those I've wronged. It is a journey. And the important thing is we seek God and enjoy the journey with him. That when those cannonballs are firing, we run into him and not away from him. The more we work on the three P's, peace, patience, practice, the more we'll become like Jesus. Finally, in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, it says, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness and patience of Christ. So the worship group are just going to play a song that we will join in. And I just want you to reflect and ask God for peace and patience in any situations you're facing or struggling with. This is between you and God today. Father, I thank you for showing me how to live in peace and patience at the times when I've so needed to. And Father, I want to pray this morning that you will continue to do that and that we will grow, Lord, as we find that peace and patience, that it becomes automatic, Lord, that we focus on you and we don't see the situation or the circumstance bigger than what it is. 
that we can trust totally in you. Thank you, Lord.